Hello and welcome to our third episode of The History Quine. This week we're looking at artists that had a connection with Aberdeen. We begin with the Hayes of Seton and their connection to a rather interesting French artist. What did Lord James Hay of Seton have in common with Sherlock Holmes? It's a tenuous link but reveals a fascinating connection between the early 19th century Laird of Seton and a forgotten French painter. In 1813, career soldier James, the second son of George Hay, 7th Marquess of Tweeddale, married Elizabeth Forbes, the last heiress of Seton. They had three surviving children, including James Gordon Hay, who inherited the estate, Georgiana Hay, who never married, and Marguerite Louise Hay, whose husband was a French artist. During the French Revolution, Louis-Philippe d'Orléans, a cousin of the executed Louis XVI, had lived in exile with the support of many noble families. He was a friend of the Hayes and often dined with them in London. James and Elizabeth asked Louis-Philippe to be Marguerite's godfather, which turned out to be very fortunate for her when the nobleman was made King of the French in 1830. One Jean-Antoine Théodore Goudon, who had studied at the École des Beaux-Arts in Paris, was at that time a celebrated maritime painter. He regularly exhibited at the Paris Salon, winning him a first-class medal in 1824. He was honoured by Louis-Philippe's predecessor, Charles X, with the Légion d'honneur, France's highest award for his artwork. Louis-Philippe commissioned him to paint a huge series of naval canvases for the Palace of Versailles, which he completed around 1848. Four years earlier, Goudango married to none other than his patron's goddaughter, Marguerite Hay. She left Aberdeen to live with her new husband in Paris, and Goudin was awarded a baronetcy by King Louis-Philippe. It was that royal commission which led to the connection with Arthur Conan Doyle's famous fictional detective. The previous artist tasked with adorning the walls of Versailles with maritime-themed works was Claude-Joseph Vernet, whose son Carl and grandson Horace were also famous artists. In the Conan Doyle short story, The Greek Interpreter, Sherlock Holmes casually mentions to Dr. Watson that his grandmother was a sister of Verne, the French artist. Thus, Baron Goudon walked in illustrious footsteps indeed, bringing a touch of romanticism to Seton House wherever the couple visited. And our second artist is a local one, but most people don't realise that he was originally Aberdeen, that of John Spanish Philip, whose paintings today are still on display in the newly refurbished art gallery in Aberdeen. So we begin with the Madman and the Wallace Tower. What does the Wallace Tower have in common with Victorian artists and notorious inmate of London's Bethlehem Asylum, Richard Dadd? The story begins with wee Johnny Philip, son of a cobbler, who worked for glaziers Spark and Warwick. The latter ran their company out of Four Carnegie's Bray, a.k.a. Wallace Nook, or the Wallace Tower, the former 16th-century townhouse of Robert Keith, Laird of Benham. By 1828, the tower was owned by the city and rented out as lodgings and business premises. John had been sent by his employers to install a piece of stained glass at the home of Major Gordon, with strict instructions to finish the job before the gentleman had come down to breakfast. 
The Major appeared to see that the glass was not installed, and the young apprentice was gawping at his paintings. John excused himself and said he could not take his eyes off them, having never seen pictures of such quality before. Major Gordon was impressed by the boy's tastes and soon discovered that his previous job had involved painting decorations and tin buckets. Later, he would introduce John Philip to his friend Lord Panmuir, who also saw the boy's promising talent. Panmuir would pay for his studies and eventually the boy, who would become known as the Scottish heir of Spanish painters like Velasquez, entered the prestigious Royal Academy of Art in London. John Spanish Philip first visited Spain in 1851 to recuperate after the breakdown of his wife Maria's mental health. They had only been married for five years, but when Maria tried to strangle her own baby, John was forced to commit her to an asylum, just as her brother had been in 1843. Maria's brother, a friend of John's and fellow member of the artistic group known as the Clique, was none other than Richard Dad, whose insanity drove him to kill his own father. While in hospital, Richard found solace in his fabulous paintings of fairies. John Philip himself died of a stroke in 1867, aged 50, having gained such fame that even Queen Victoria publicly lamented his passing. Our final artist, again, died well before her time, was that of Joan Eardley and her connection with one of our famous lost cinemas. The Picture House, as it was known for nearly 40 years and later called the Gaumont, opened on Union Street as a silent cinema in December 1914. Built for the Associated Provincial Picture Houses Company, this 900-seater auditorium was built side-on to the street and had a central vacuuming system and a tapestry-themed tea room at the attic level. By 1950, the picture house was taken over by Rank Gaumont British, the huge national production company, which also had its own cinema chain and was renamed the Gaumont. Manager R.E. Miller decided to repurpose the old tea room as a gallery for local artists. Art teacher Annette Stephen invited Glasgow artist Joan Erdley to come and visit the nearby fishing village of Caterline while she recovered from the mumps. Although born in England, friends observed that Joan spoke like a wee West End wifey as she had lived in Bear's Den with her sisters, mother and aunt since 1939. Her father had tragically taken his own life after the mental effects of his experiences in the Great War took their toll. Joan had become known for her paintings of Gorbel street children who happily came and sat for her in a ramshackle studio there. When she discovered the windswept, weather-beaten coastline, Joan fell in love and very soon she was there every spare minute painting fantastical landscapes illustrating what she saw. The Gaumont Gallery exhibited her new works and those of her friends who were collectively known as the Caterline School. With Annette's help, Joan was able to buy the Watchie, the former Coast Guard hut at Caterline. The Spartan interior suited her boyish character, and she had a short haircut, wore fisherman's jumpers, oilskin trousers, and rode her motorbike up from Glasgow when advised of good storms for her paintings. She eventually moved permanently to Concordianshire in 1954. Joan loved Caroline so much she told a journalist that she would hardly move from one spot when she was painting there. 
Sadly, Joan died of breast cancer in 1963 on the eve of national success, having been newly appointed a Fellow of the Royal Scottish Academy. The Gaumont closed a decade later. And you can also see some of Joan's works and those of her friend Angus Neil, who Joan made friends with particularly because he had suffered he had suffered with PTSD following his experiences in World War Two. And considering what she'd seen her father go through, it is no surprise that she and Neil were friends. So do go and have a look at their work. And that is the end of Podcast 3, Our Curious Connections with Artists. <laughs>